Hi, I'm Chiara Albertani and you're very welcome to my podcast, Behind the Series. Welcome to the second episode of Behind the Series. This time I went behind the scenes of one of the most bingeable TV series at the moment. Based on the best-selling novel Hidden Bodies by Caroline Kepnes, it was created and produced by Sarah Gamble and Greg Barlanti and it stars Penn Badgley in the role of a creeping but yet attractive stalker. Of course, I'm talking about the TV series You. You is a psychological thriller that in the first season follows the life of a man called Joe Goldberg, who is a bookstore manager in New York. And it's in his bookstore that he meets Guinevere Beck, a college student and aspiring writer. Soon enough, he develops for her an extreme toxic obsession that leads him to do pretty bad things to anyone who comes between him and Beck. He plans her social media channels, he follows her home, he steals her phone and he begins reading her text messages. The New Yorker called this TV series a scary delicious snack of a show. But how and who came up with the idea for this TV series? As we said, it all started with a book called You, Hidden Bodies. It explores the thoughts in Joe Goldberg's head. So throughout the book, the reader is in this guy's mind and sees the world through Joe's eyes. The co-producer and writer of the TV series, Sarah Gamble, also known for The Magician and Supernatural, in an interview reveals how she started working on the project. She said that Greg Barlanti, who is also a big producer known for Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, sent her Kepnes book and told her that he was addicted to it and all his friends were binge reading it like a TV show, so much so they couldn't put the book down. So Barlanti told Gamble, call me if you read it and I need you to help me. So Sarah Gamble actually realized why he kind of needed a girl in the mix. She said he's not going to write a show by himself about stalking a woman. He needed a woman to produce it. So Gamble started reading the book and she immediately accepted to work with Barlanti after only 30 pages in the book. Their next move was to pitch the show to some networks. So normally writers or agents would meet some executives at different networks. But what Gamble and Barlanti actually did was unexpected and surprising. With the help of their assistants, they decided to stalk for a while the life of every executive that they would meet in the room. Their point was to show how easy it was to stalk every one of them through social media. Greg Barlanti is very clever at pitching shows. He does it like a normal conversation. So while he was pitching you, He explained how there is nothing special about the character Joe. He said, he's a normal guy like me and you. And while he was talking, he took a piece of paper and told an executive, you know, he finds out normal information like when you went to the dry barn with your family at 10 on Sunday and you bought tickets for your children to see Taylor Swift and they were VIP tickets. So I have to say that the executive must have been very impressed with that pitch presentation because they immediately decided to produce the show. At the end, Gamble and Barlanti sold the show to Showtime. They wrote a few drafts and spent a year in the development of this TV series. Gamble said that all the executives were kind to them and worked well with them. 
but they had a difference of opinion about the direction of the show and it wouldn't work with their business model. So when the script was finished in 2017, another network decided to pick it up. And that was Lifetime. Netflix was also an international partner from the beginning. They co-produced the show, but the first airing in the US was Lifetime. So it was a Lifetime show in America. Nevertheless, internationally, it was a Netflix original show. On July 2018, ahead of the series premiere, Netflix announced that the series had been renewed for a second season. And on January 14th, 2020, the series was renewed for a 10-episode third season. You became a real hit after it was made available on Netflix, who declared that it had been watched by 40 million households within its first four weeks on the service. Barlanti himself said, it went from being one of the least watched show I've ever worked on to being the most watched show I've ever worked on in 20-something years of being in the business. Gamble also said that You was produced to be bingeable. Many of the producers involved in the production came from network TV where there are shows with 10 episode packages. Gamble came from a TV like CSI where you have to understand the structure of each episode. For example, put cliffhangers at the end of every episode and make people wait for the next week to see the next episode to see how the story would end. Gamble and Barlanti applied this structure to you. People are intrigued at the end of every episode and they just want to continue watching. And all these cliffhangers are essential to keep the audience hooked to the screen. Plus, social media revealed to be essential for the success of the show. In fact, many people discovered the TV series thanks to all the memes about Joe on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It is overwhelming for all the actors and writers too. They want their work to be seen and be part of it. So the trigger might be everyone is watching and talking about you and I have to watch it too. Behind the Series Podcast with Cara Albertani. What Berlanti and Gamble wanted to do with the show was make the audience think about the importance of good first impression in a relationship while making them fall in love with the main character, Joe, who is a sociopath. And strangely enough, the audience seems to be rooting for Joe to succeed, despite all the awful things he does. But Gamble said that this is not surprising at all. Joe is at the center of Kepner's book, we are inside of his thoughts, and the author retains his voiceover for the show. Of course, casting was a fundamental part of the success of You. When authors were thinking about casting, they were thinking about an actor who really felt like Joe. And Penn Badgley was all that. He's thoughtful, he's a reader, he's a humanitarian, and at the same time, he's extremely disturbed by Joe's behavior. A lot of the conversation he and the writers had while making the show were largely about his level of discomfort. And he never said, I'm not doing it, but he always said, let's do it. And by the way, I've never been more uncomfortable in my life. And Sarah Gamble thinks that there is something funny in the way Penn does Joe that is kind of sweet to the eyes of the fans. Badgley, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, said, I didn't want to do it. It was too much. I was conflicted with the nature of the role. If this is a love story, what is it saying? It's not an average show. It's a social experiment. 
What was key in me wanting to jump on board were my conversations with Greg Barlanti and Sarah Gamble, the creators, and understanding Joe's humanity. Sarah Gamble, talking about the second season of You, said, The idea is that you have this little jewel box of a romantic comedy structure, and you tell this very dark, horrific story within that structure. The first thing we all said to each other when we sat down to work on season two was, we're never going to replicate the simplicity of the season one story. We shouldn't try to capture the same feeling. We shouldn't create the next back. We should go into this thinking about how to retain the spirit of Joe's story, but really take the plot in new directions. So Joe does all these things and it's very much a question at the root of the second season, which is, is Joe a bad person who does good things or is he a good person who does bad things? So what the authors did was building a sympathetic perspective for him. The moments of levity helps release some tension, but it also makes you complicit. A good-looking guy in a rose-colored romantic fantasy is how you sets its stage. But as the story goes to increasingly dark places, the show employs a few manipulative tricks to keep you on Joe's side, especially when we see him taking care of Paco, a child who has to see his mother being beaten up by her alcoholic partner. A lot of the credit goes to the authors because they created a new character in the form of Paco, the neighbor boy to whom Joe is a confidant and a hero. The Paco scenes became vital as the show went dark. Marcos Siga, who directed the last eight episodes, paid special attention to camera angles to make him the strong figure like a big brother. You are listening to Behind the Series Podcast with Chiara Albertani. Joe has a strong code. He believes in love, but he crosses the line. At some point, Joe was a child and then he was miseducated. He didn't have the support of his parents or friends or educators or the community, and that led him to draw to conclusions. We always need support from various sources to see where we make mistakes. He doesn't have that, and that shows how important social responsibility is. Gamble wanted to write about it because she likes to write about something that makes you ask hard questions although she never had any right answers. This show makes you think about where the line between real life and fantasy is. You extrapolate what Joe thinks. He thinks his relation with Beck is a romance, but the audience knows it isn't. Through season one and two, we see Joe's childhood and we understand him better. And we also understand better the role of the cage he hides in his bookstore. To him, that cage is a mean of change. In there, he taught himself how to behave and he hopes that other people might do the same once he locks them in there. And in that very moment, the audience can really see the dark side of Joe and the difference between good and bad. Right now, there's a spoiler alert. So to anyone who hasn't seen the end of season one, skip a few seconds. Actress Elizabeth Lale actually spent four days in the cage for the final episodes. She was locked up in the cage and Gamble herself said that it was even frightening to see her close in the cage despite the fact that she was surrounded by the crew. And Elizabeth used the fear that she might have had to be closed in there to make her performance more real and believable. So this TV series really wants to be thought-provoking in the pop culture we are living 
It wants to emphasize the fact that everything is built around choices and it's up to us then to choose to do good or bad, considering the sense of social responsibility. The writers themselves put the character in front of hard choices, but Joe chooses the bad things and that brings the story to a whole different level. So that's it for this second episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and I will be back next week for a new episode of Behind the Series. Thank you for listening to Behind the Series podcast.